Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Welcome to another episode of Reconciling Grace. As Melody Morris just said at the beginning, this is Pete Vecchi, and I'm glad to be with you today. And on our panel, we have Vicki Cundiff and Steve Wilson. Uh, Mick Wells isn't able to be with us today, and I don't know if we've ever done an episode without Mick, have we, folks? I think it's uh, going to be kind of different without him here, but we're going to keep on going, and we're going to let the Lord lead. And Steve is the one who's got the lead on this today. Steve, what an amazingly uh, interesting topic I think this is going to be. It's something about Christian sayings. And wh- where did you get the idea for this? Yeah, so this is a collection of Christian sayings slash T-shirt slogans slash bumper stickers that probably a lot of people have heard. Uh, maybe you have this uh, bumper sticker on your own car. We're going to go through these popular Christian sayings and think about them. Think about do we agree with them? Do we disagree with them? What kind of message do these sayings uh, send to non-Christians when they see them? So I think it'll be interesting. So, uh, you know, I'll tell you right now, I don't put bumper stickers on my car because I don't want to mess up the finish. How's that? <laughs> no, I don't either. <laughs> yeah. So do you have any specific ones that you'd like to start with, Steve, or, or how well, would you like, like to I go said, from there? Like I said, I've got a whole list, mm-hmm. so let's just start at the top here, and uh, as you're listening, think about uh, whether you agree with it as well. First one says, God teach us, teaches us about love by giving us difficult people to deal with. I'll repeat it. God teaches us about love by giving us difficult people to deal with. I'm not sure if I've ever actually heard that one. I've, I've read it on your notes, but I'm trying to remember if I've ever actually heard that one or even uh, seen it. I may have seen it on Facebook once yeah. or twice. Oh, that's a, yeah, a lot of things might come from memes on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of that makes sense when you think about it, um, but are difficult people um, always harder to love, or is it just sometimes that we... Um, don't know exactly how to deal with them, or is it a way for us to grow? you think God wants them to be difficult? Has God made them difficult? I think I'll answer that one first. I don't think that God purposely makes another person difficult. Sometimes I think it has to do with more like personalities or points of view and things like that. Okay. I think there's a lot of truth to it because it says he teaches us about what love is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, and you know we, it is that way because it challenges you. If if, if somebody uh, is treating you well, you don't you don't think about that. You just respond, you know, in that way. But when you get with someone that's difficult, then yeah, it's going to challenge you. It made me think of the scripture from Luke chapter six, where Jesus tells us to love our enemies. If you love those who love you, what reward is there in that? You know, and so it, that's that challenge. But um, it's been my experience that it does drive me to know how to express love even in difficult situations it, it does do that i think mm-hmm. I, I don't like the idea personally of thinking that i have quote enemies but i probably do i mean you know i i suppose if you want to take the broadest version of them for instance if um 
I am a citizen of the United States. I suppose that if there is a country or something that our our nation is at war with, that they could um, be termed enemies. But I'm not sure if that's what Jesus was talking about as much as he was talking about people who you have something, you know, totally against. Maybe it had to do with more um, tribes um, when he was talking to Israelites or or Jewish people. Maybe he was talking about certain Gentiles. Uh, I try not to have enemies, but there are those people who see things diametrically opposed to the way that I do, that I do not call them my enemies, but I certainly do not understand how they think, and sometimes it really does drive me nuts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so so these sayings, we're going to notice a trend where they're theological shorthand. They're trying to express a big thought in one sentence, and so I think our job, and our job as thinking Christians, is to say, okay, Hang on a second. Let's unpack that. And uh, as you're both saying, I think obviously God uh, definitely uses difficult people to exercise our love, to uh, help us to express patience and, Mm -hmm. you know, things like that. But my hang up on this one is God, uh, let's see, gives us difficult people, which, again, let's not say that, you know, Right. God does that. Mm-hmm. People make themselves difficult, or circumstances make people difficult, and then God uses that to teach us. Or we can make ourselves think of that person as being difficult sure, when right. maybe we're being the ones who are being contrary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. I mean, I've, I, I saw something recently about, um, you know, everybody is, I can't remember what the words were that I saw, but it was along the lines of, everybody's kind of different and that includes you you know so um you know it's sometimes just a matter of personalities or sometimes it's a matter of ways that people think one of the things that i always like to say is we are seeing and i think i've mentioned this in other reconciling grace programs we are seeing god as through a glass dimly and god is so big that we are only seeing part of what God is like, and maybe another person is seeing a different part of what God is like, and I don't see the way they do, and they don't see it the way I do. Um, so I'm not sure that God gives us the difficult person, but maybe God brings this person into our lives so we can learn how to deal with it and maybe learn more about him and more uh, ways that other people can see God in ways that I might not see yet. I mean, I don't see him perfectly. Can you believe that? <laughs> it should say God teaches us about love when we come in contact with difficult yeah, people. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yep. I agree okay. with you, Steve, that, that that wouldn't work. He doesn't give it to us. Right. Okay, well, let's, uh, <laughs> let's go on to the next one. This one's similar. So sometimes God will put a Goliath in your life so you can find the David within you. You know, when I saw that Goliath, I've heard of this before a long, long time ago. It made me think of a person that would be a bully. Okay. Someone that was intimidating, because remember, that's what Goliath was doing. Mm-hmm. He was taunting Israel to come out and fight with him, you know, and taunting them in a way like, you know, you can't beat me. And David had the courage through God to go out and do that. And so, you know, I looked at that like one aspect I think of this can be is we need to stand up for ourselves when we're being intimidated or or bullied, 
you know, you can do things in the right way, but, you know, uh, God's taught me over the years of my life to, you know, don't just sit back, stand up for yourself, because he certainly did. You know, you read the, the Gospels, he stood up for himself in a right way, you know, and you don't have to stand up for yourself and defend yourself about every little thing, but things that you should stand up for yourself for, then then you should exercise that. That's what I see in Christ. But anyway, I just looked at it as like that bully in your life. I really like that. I hadn't thought of it in that way, but that, that's a really good way of thinking about it. I was kind of thinking along, along the lines of um, just some big problem or some big issue in, in my life. And um, I, I think I almost like it better the way that you said it, but just just letting you know the way that I was looking at it is that there might be this big problem or something that's going to be almost insurmountable, and you just have to have faith that if you are following what God wants you to do, you'll be able to overcome that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, my difficulty with this one is God puts the Goliath in your life. Well, at this point, I, I think that maybe it depends on whether or not you're actually talking about a person. You know, maybe there's an issue. Maybe it is a big issue, and maybe God does let that issue come into your life. Um, does he put it there? Gosh, I mean, I think we're really we're really trying to divide the word properly here. Um, it's We're really kind of getting splitting hairs on, does God bring this issue into your life um, because you need to strengthen it? I mean, it would almost be like saying, does God let you go through a difficult time so that it will strengthen you? Or are you being strengthened because God let you go through a different, uh, difficult time? Um, I think it could be either and or both and or either or or however you want to say that. I just don't want to lay and blame right. at God's feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? God doesn't make that person do that. God doesn't make that bad situation come to you. He gives you the strength to get through it. He gives you the the guidance and the love and the patience and you know everything you need to grow and uh, mature through that situation. But again, I'm trying to think of okay, if if we have this Facebook meme that we share to our friends and non-Christians see this, what message are they getting about God? Mm. Yeah, you know, we can kind of say, oh, we we get that, we understand that. Or, or not everyone does. Or do we? Because as as just happened with this one, Vicky saw it in a totally different way than I did when we first read it. Mm-hmm. And um, that, I think it's great what you're saying about that, especially like in Facebook when somebody reads something or somebody hears something. I mean, how many mm-hmm. of us haven't had somebody totally misunderstand the intention of what we were saying? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean it in one way. I mean, it even happens in marriage, probably. I know it has happened in my life where I will say something um, that I mean it in one way, and my wife might totally understand it in a different way, and and it causes us to have to discuss it. And we, we discuss it. We don't really argue, but we would discuss <laughs> it. And I, honestly, we really don't argue that much about it, but we have to you know, say, hey, that's not how I meant it. I meant it as understanding it this way. So Steve, I think what you said there is really good because our intentions, I guess I learned this a long time ago, we cannot communicate intentions. We can only communicate words. Yeah. But I agree that uh, that needs to be pointed out. It goes to show how each of us come across something differently because I'm looking at like the intent of what the whole thing means, but yet you have noticed, Steve, that, hey, you're blaming God here. So I think that's a good point to make 
So a few of those words do need to be rearranged. Mm-hmm. This is just stuff that's going to happen in our life, mm-hmm. and God's going to use it, like you said, to strengthen us and help us and teach us how to get through it. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go to another one. Uh, this is actually one of my favorites. It says, God, help me to be the person my dog thinks I am. I like that one. As soon as I read it the first time when you sent us this list, uh, I I can't help but realize that dogs so often just seem to think that that their uh, owners are the absolutely perfect people. Um, you know, they feed me, they give me some place to sleep, I can climb on the couch, I can, whatever it might be. And I mean, every dog, of course, is different too, but... Uh, but uh, dogs just seem to have this um, almost unconditional love for their owners, it seems, so often. So with that, uh, what have we gotten through? Two and a half so far? And if uh, the people in our audience would see this list, I think we have about five or six times that much to go through right now. So I don't know that we're going to get to all of them today. But at this point in time, we do need to take a break. And we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. And we're back with Reconciling Grace, talking about the kind of person my dog thinks I am. Well, that's not really exactly what we're talking about, because honestly, I don't have a dog anymore, Steve. But you, you, were, you were telling us just a little bit ago that you just got two new dogs. Is this kind of what made you uh, think about this saying? Well, I saw it, and uh, you know, I just thought it's so true. The saying is, God, help me to be the person my dog thinks I am. And uh, I did just get two dogs, uh, maybe two and a half months ago. They're, they're small little poodle terrier mixes, under 20 pounds. And uh, they're so excited when they see me. I mean, they just love me. Anytime I'm around, every time I say, come here, boys, you know, they're so excited. And then if I get upset and I yell at them for something or, you know, I, uh, I discipline them. And then the second I'm ready for them again, they're ready for me. You know, they're, they're just... Okay, yeah, great. Let's forget about whatever just happened. And, you know, we, we love each other again. So, you know, I just... And then we think about, you know, our dogs think we we are just it. I mean, we are their life. And yet we know how we really are. So I think that is inspiring, you know. God, help me to be the person my dog thinks I am. Mm-hmm. Help me to be the person you want me to be. And notice that that doesn't say, help me to be the person my cat thinks I am. Because cats, I don't think, have that same. I shouldn't say that. I don't know. I'm, I'm a dog person, but uh, um, I think I'll let that stay on our in our uh, audio here for right now. I think I was just trying to be funny. You know, kind of like what we were talking about before. Somebody will probably take that wrong. I don't hate cats, okay? I, <laughs> I am more of a dog person. But I think what you said, Steve, is really important because we want to try to aspire to be better people. I mean, we we shouldn't just, how do I want to say, we shouldn't just be content with how we are and never want to improve ourselves. And our dogs do kind of often think that, that we're perfect. And mm-hmm. even though we're not, and Steve, as you said, it's something that will maybe help us to try to do better in our lives. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next one says... Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. 
It's about learning to dance in the rain. That one's kind of poetic. Well, let me, let me, let me read it again for the, uh, for the listeners. Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. Vicky, I don't know about you, but uh, in my early days in the Church of the Nazarene, dance? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, dancing in the rain. I guess. I don't like being in the rain. I really don't. But okay, I have, well, can, well, can you get the, the sense? Yeah. Can you get the sentiment? Yes, yes. I was about to say, I know that there are some people who, who really enjoy that. For instance, you know, I guess I could see having fun playing in the rain when I was a kid, especially Carefree, if it was... Free, yeah, joyous feeling. Yeah. yeah. I get the sense of what it's trying to say. Um, and I, I like the part about... Um, just the fact that life isn't always going to be just, you know, smooth sailing. That's, I think, the essence of what this is trying to say. And when it's not smooth sailing, try to, um, I don't know, if enjoy it so much, but, you know, don't let it totally bum you out all the time. Having that optimistic view would be good as well. Mm-hmm. Just no. trying to get through something that is terrible in your life, but you're trying to still find the good in life. I mean, I think this one, I, I like this one. I think it sums up the human experience. We live in the storm. We live in a fallen world. We live in, in non-ideal conditions. And, you know, we can, as Pete said, we can let that bum us out. It can, it can stop us from living. It can steal our joy. Or we can say, yeah, this is what it is. It's storming right now. It's not the best situation. But God, through you, I can still live to the full. I can still have life in abundance. Mm-hmm. I can still have joy through the Spirit. What do you do with the, how do I want to say this, the people who are not normally uh, leaning towards optimism? I think, Vicki, you used the idea, you used the word about being optimistic about things. There are some people who are, more predisposed to seeing the glass half empty. I think it's more of a case of learning to see the glass half mm-hmm. empty a lot of times. Well, and I might... I might <laughs> From experiences yeah, of life, you know. I might um, kindly disagree on that because I think that there are some people who do have more of an optimistic outlook in general uh, naturally and more of a pessimistic outlook in general naturally. Um, when I look, for instance, at at this world where we are today... I think there are a lot of people who will talk about the, oh, it'll get better, it'll get better. And I look at the Bible, and I'm not quite so sure that it'll get better. I mean, yes, ultimately, when, when Jesus returns, yes. But I don't know that, that that return of Jesus, I mean, it could happen today. I'm not saying it can't, but I don't know that it's going to happen in my lifetime. It could happen today. It could happen in 100 years. It could happen in 1,000 years. We don't know. And the only thing that I see getting, quote, better in this world is when Jesus comes. And until then, my understanding of the Bible is things are going to get worse. And sometimes there are people who are just so happy about everything that it's almost like, 
do I really need to put up with them today? Maybe those are the um, those are the people who are the difficult ones in my life sometimes. But yeah. and I, I don't think want, those are yeah. the ones that have learned to dance in the rain. Sure, sure. <laughs> and sometimes there are just some people who is like, are you ever not happy? It's kind of like you know who it reminds me of. It's in the Peanuts uh, comic strip when when you're dealing with Snoopy and Lucy because. Lucy's always getting on Snoopy about always being so happy and dancing, and, and Lucy's always seeing the 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 uh, more negative side of things. Mm-hmm. But it's not wrong to want to dance in the rain, and I probably could learn a little bit more about that. To, but I prefer not to have it rain, Lord, if that's okay. <laughs> well, and I think dancing looks different. You know, the sentiment looks different. Someone um, like me who's pretty even all the time. I don't think I'm optimistic. I don't think I'm a pessimist. I'm just kind of even. You know, my way of dancing in the rain is not letting things get me down, mm-hmm. but living through the Spirit. And, and the way I live through the Spirit, well, it pretty, you know, it, I'm not very exuberant. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go dance in the rain, but I can still keep my joy. I can still keep um, my perspective in the world. Sure. Lord. And I don't want to give the impression that I'm a um, uh, Mr. Negative type of guy. Um, You're just being difficult. Yeah, I'm being difficult. You're right. <laughs> I uh, I I guess what I'm saying is I I try to t- tend to be more of a realist, realizing that not everything is going to come out rosy all the time. Um, but what you said about having joy, there's a really important distinction between always being happy and being joyful. You can be not always happy about something, but still have the joy of the Lord in your heart. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, one of the key things in here is life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. Realistically, you can wait for something for a very, very long time. And struggles can be there and, you know, years can go by in people's lives of things that they're going through. And you're going to have to make the choice of what, of how you're going to respond to that. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. That doesn't mean that there's not going to be those moments where you're really down about it and or discouraged, but are you going to choose to live in that discouragement all the time? Or are you going to metaphorically dance in the rain? Mm-hmm. You know, are you, are you, because that's, it's, this is not about actually dancing in the rain. It's just, just trying to say, how are you going to live your life? Right. You know, and, and there's ultimately that trust in God that's, you know, you know, you, you continually go into Him with this thing and, you know, and give, letting Him give you the strength to keep going and keep finding, like you're saying, Steve, the joy and the peace that, that needs to come. And you know you, that might you might have to go back at different times to to get filled again, you know, with that. But it's it's difficult. It, it's it's one thing to be to have a storm that you're going through, but when you have it going on for a really, really, really long time, that people do, that's a completely different thing to deal with of learning to metaphorically dance in the rain. Right, and I mm-hmm. think it's really important that we that you brought that up, Vicky, because. Um, some people don't like to dance, and, and the point is every analogy breaks down at some point. You know, we can't take everything that we read like this totally literally, and I think, Steve, that's kind of what you were you were kind of getting at, too, with, with wanting to do this subject. Um, you might not be able to dance. You might not like to dance, um, and, and that's okay, but the idea is to have that joy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go on to the next one says, if God brings you to it, he will bring you through it. Well, one of the things that comes to my mind is acceptance. You know, God brings you into something. Well, biblically speaking, God does bring us into some things, but not everything, like we were saying earlier, not everything is is of God. 
uh, that happens to us. So I guess you could say if 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 something does happen to you in, in your life, God is going to bring you through it. And something I've learned over my life is that acceptance of things that come. The quicker you learn to accept something that happens into your life, then the the more easier it is to deal with it. But we can trust God um, to bring us through it. You know, we got His promises that we lean on, um, but it's not always easy, is it? Mm-mm. I was thinking of two situations where God brings someone or someone's to something. The first one is when God brought the people out of Egypt into the desert. And then we see that echoed in the New Testament where God brings Jesus after his baptism into the desert. So you've got kind of some symbolism here where both groups slash people go through the water and then into the desert, through the Red Sea, through the baptism, into the desert. Specifically says... The Spirit led him into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And, you know, that that's kind of a discussion of its own. But the fact is that right before that is when the Holy Spirit came down as a dove and rested on Jesus. And so he was equipped to go and do this hard thing that God wanted him to do. Same thing with the people of Israel. They had just seen God's salvation. God was there with them. And so eventually, you know, they had some failings along the way, but eventually God brought them through the desert and into the promised land. After 40 days, God brought Jesus out of that temptation victorious. And so even if God hasn't brought us to a situation, we know that he can bring it through, bring us through it. And if he is leading us towards something, he'll equip us ahead of time and empower us as we're there. I believe it. Mm-hmm. And and I think that this is an important one, Steve, where you were kind of talking about at the very first part about God giving us difficult people. I think that there are times when God honestly does bring you to a difficult time. And I, I like sports analogies. And it's like going into training. I mean, even Paul talked about going into training, um, physical training and, and things can be of, of some benefit. And for instance, if you're an athlete. I used to be a little bit more of an athlete than I am now. I'm getting too old and and have too many pounds on me to be too much of an athlete now. But, um, you know, you can't just go off and, and decide, okay, I'm going to be a great baseball player or whatever, and never practice, never have to do anything hard, never have to do anything difficult. Um, God will bring you sometimes to a difficult time, I think, or a difficult situation, sometimes it's to learn to trust in him rather than trust in self. Because I believe that too often, one of the biggest sins that happens in humanity is that we try to do things in our own strength instead of relying on the strength of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Instead of relying on the fact, for instance, of salvation, we cannot attain God on our own. The only way we can attain God or or godliness or forgiveness is to surrender our lives to him. And that's where uh, we need to remember to, when we come to these difficult places, God can indeed be bringing us to those difficult places. Okay. And then this next one is pretty similar to the one we just read. It says, where God guides, he provides. And I think we would all agree with that, right? If 
If God's bringing us to something, He's going to give us what we need to get through it. So I think we'll stop there. We've got a lot more sayings, a lot more uh, Christian slogans and T-shirts and Facebook memes that we could talk about. And hopefully as you're uh, looking at those things over the next couple of weeks, you'll be kind of thinking, okay, what does this really say? Yeah, I think that when I saw this uh, topic, Steve, that you suggested, that I thought this would be a really good one that we can kind of make a recurring theme. We kind of did that with one of those, um, do Christians need to dot, dot, dot. This is another good one like that. Steve, you're really good at uh, coming up with these kinds of themes. And and I look forward to when you do uh, bring those up and when you lead them. So we are just about out of time today for Reconciling Grace. So for Steve Wilson and for Vicki Cundiff, This is Pete Vecchi, and I want to thank you for joining us for another episode of Reconciling Grace. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Reconciling Grace.